How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Hi, good to be with you. Uh, Payne and Pendergast on a Thursday. Texans, Browns, uh, Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Get it together, Sean. By God, 3.30 3.30 p.m. kickoff, 12.30, Texans countdown. You got me and Seth for that one. Um, and then Clint Sterner and I. And what will hopefully be a victorious postgame show and the Texans moving on to the next round of the postseason. It's fun just being back in the postseason, man. Uh, quick text message before we get into C.J. Stroud talk here. This is actually a text about C.J. He won Offensive Player of the Week for Week 18. And um, and I had said like being on national TV probably helped because the stats were very efficient but not eye-popping. Um, text message, yeah, that was CJ's best offensive game from quality, not necessarily quantity. I agree. I, I know he like I know I know he's at games where he, he threw for 470 yards yeah. against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Given the stakes in that game, given the environment, the Bucks game was at home, that Colts game was on the road, given the fact that he didn't have Tank Dell, um, you know, they're banged up. That might have been his that 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 week that, eighteen game might have been his best game. It really and honestly part of that drive too which showed his maturity and growth, I think, as a quarterback, was on the blitz when he recognized and realized late that there was a free blitzer on that drive, on that go-ahead touchdown drive. He just went down, you know, and, like, I, I hate to say the benefits of having gone through a concussion, but you, you wear the, that, that wound turned into a scar real quickly, which is to say that, man, like, your, your wounds are, like, active issues, and once it's a scar, you can, like, think about and learn from the, the things that gave you the wounds, but one, by the time it's a scar, um, you, you know, you've, you've, you've become wise because of it. I think, I don't know if he would have tried to spin out of that or if he would have taken the hit or what have you, but it was the right thing to do in that drive. And then they immediately regained that yardage with the Dalton Schultz catch after that. Yep. Um, so like from a, from a discretion, if that's the right word, uh, or a judgment perspective, that's where he just matured. He started off mature, but he matured so much in the course of one season that I think that, if you go back to that Ravens game where he took a bunch of sacks, first couple games he took a bunch of sacks, and very quickly after that understood the task, understood the issue, started getting rid of the ball super quickly, and didn't get sacked for four straight games after that. You know, and and then but then had to learn the balance of like, okay, but we gotta it's not always gonna be perfect, can't get rid of the ball quickly, sometimes you're gonna have to hold on to the ball. And in that final game, they they went out, they struck fast, and they scored a couple times, but then things kind of dried up in the third quarter, but they didn't push it, you know? Like, CJ wasn't getting panicky or desperate. He just, he he's, he's A-OK taking what the defense gives him and understanding where they are in the game. So it's just been, uh, it's been really, really cool just to see somebody who's so damn mature in, in his rookie year with all that pressure on him and not... Not in ideal circumstances either, you know, without a great rushing offense to support him or anything like that. Yep, yeah, he's 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 unflappable. It's it's really fun to watch. Um, so the big topic that has started to pop up this week, multiple places. How many quarterbacks would you take before you took C.J. Stroud? That's the that's the level of conversation that he's put himself on in the eyes of a lot of the national media. Here were Steve Weich and James Palmer discussing this very topic on their show yesterday. So where this team stands right now, winning the division, give me a number. How many quarterbacks would you take if you were building a franchise over C.J. Stroud? 
Wow. You know, it's interesting. I, five, maybe six. Five, and I'm talking about guys, you know, like okay. Lamar Jackson, like Joey Burrow. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's just, there's, there's a couple other dudes, you know, you know, my guy Brock Purdy, I've got a soft spot, but I am taking CJ Stroud over Brock Purdy, you know, Dak, I probably would take Dak, Patrick Mahomes, of course, um, but he is right Mm -hmm. in the mix. I don't, I I thought, I didn't think Dak should have been that obvious. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm like Dak, like Dak, I mean, Dak. Dak has turned himself into much more than like I than I wanted to believe he could be or you anything. Know, I'm a I'm a I'm actually a Dak defender now, especially this season where the uh, a lot of times it's been the Cowboys letting the the like all of a sudden weirdly collapsing on final drives that have kept the Cowboys from being better on the road or against good teams and all that. It hasn't been a Dak Prescott issue at all, and yet. Um, it's taken a long time to get there and he's got some, he's got better weaponry around him and, uh, like a better defense on the other side of him right now. I don't want to take credit away from the improvement the Texans defense has made. It's just, yeah, I would take CJ in a heartbeat right now. Yeah. Given his rookie performance. Yeah. We're going to hear a couple more national guys opining on this in just a second. One, I I also, by the way, I just want to uh, register my protest in Weish calling Joe Burrow, Joey Burrow. Joey Burrow. Yeah. 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 I got you. Um, it's registered. Um, the, the little sidebar off of what they were just talking about, Weich and Palmer, how, what does Brock Purdy have to do for people to start putting him in that conversation? Like he, statistically, he's every bit as good as CJ Stroud, if he's, not better, you know? This is where, okay. You know what it is? It's a matter of timing. If CJ had stepped into that situation last year, I'd be like, well, he's got, look, he's got Brandon Ayuk. He's got Debo Samuel. He's got Christian McCaffrey. Which are fair things he's got to bring George up. Kittle. Yeah. Those yep. are all very fair things to bring up. Yep. And I, I think like CJ, I don't want to say he's lucky or anything that this is like the, that he got into an imperfect offensive situation, but he'll be viewed as having helped make Nico Collins. Yeah. Helped make yeah. Tank Dell. Yeah. Helped make Bobby Slowick and all of that. Yeah. Uh, which is, that's all for narratives and debate and everything. I, but that's, but it's also how it is. I, I honestly, having watched, if you look at, if you look at what Brock Purdy's been able to do and what CJ Stroud's been able to do, I still, I'm very biased, but I have a hard time thinking that CJ couldn't be like somehow even like much better than Brock Purdy inserted into that situation. Oh, for sure. You for know? sure. Um, here was Stephen A. Smith on the how many quarterbacks would you take ahead of CJ Stroud topic? Actually, just a couple days ago when he was here in Houston for the national championship game. They asked the question on first take, what quarterbacks would I take ahead of C.J. Stroud right now? Oh, short list. Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I like that. Uh, Maybe, maybe, maybe Allen because of what we've seen him do in the postseason in the past. That's it. Can you legitimately say you can look at any quarterback any uh, anywhere else in the league and definitively say you would take them after over CJ Stroud. So that was a second, I can't. that was my second time getting to watch him. Saw him Ohio State Georgia yep. from the sideline. Yep. Then we got to watch this game from the he is up uh, this ball. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. So stupid. Fade away. Oh my guy's nowhere near that. Well, how do I give him enough time? Let me throw this thing up. Oh, what a doofus people are thinking as he's throwing that's going to be picked. No. Nope. Only his guy could get the ball. All right, so that was that was like a, Stephen like A. On a the little Mac bit of a straw man. I don't think people were thinking what a doof is. Maybe maybe Colts fans they, like McAfee McAfee were thinking McAfee and those guys <laughs> won't stop bringing up the S two test when it comes to CJ Stroud and they, talking about it like it's an intelligence. Yeah, test, yeah. So which I, it's not. So I That's write what's them driving off. me insane. Yeah, it's not an intelligence. Even if it were an intelligence test, they're notoriously fallible as well. But it's not an IQ test. No, they, they, those guys can't get it through their heads. So here was Mad Dog Russo yesterday. When they asked him, they played Stephen A's opinion and then asked Matt Talk Russo the same question. That's a little high. That's a little high. Listen, I love him, too. He also played great in the Georgia game last year in the semifinals of the of the college football. Let's not forget that he was great in the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he has had a tremendous year. They obviously made the right choice. Let me check that. Carolina made the wrong choice. They probably should have taken Stroud over Bryce Young. I agree with you on that. But that's Stevie all of a sudden now jumping overboard. That's what Steve does. <laughs> Steve likes to jump overboard here and go crazy. Get get me to react. You to react. That's why I'm good to react. You can't put him ahead of Mahomes. You can't put him over Lamar. You can't put him over uh, Josh Allen. You can't put him over Prescott. How do you put him over? Uh, listen, I, I Prescott's something to prove, but you can't put. It got to be fair. Right. You can't, how can you put him over Stafford? Right. Stafford won a Super Bowl. You can't put him over Stafford. And I love Stroud. He's fun to watch. No question about it. But those are five guys right there. Way overblown by Steve. Way overblown. All right. 
You would have been, you know what, honestly, you would have been all right until he said Stafford won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, all right, great. Like, okay. Anybody who ever won a Super Bowl, retired or not, no matter where they are in their career right now, Flacco. Is, is better than any Flacco. Other, yeah. The Texans would be better off with Flacco starting for them instead of CJ Stroud I mean, on Saturday. If you take youth out of it, though, I guess, I suppose maybe what his point is, if you take youth out of it and you're just saying, like, hey, this is the quarterback you want right now on yeah. your team, like, imagine that he had the entire year with the, the squad and all that. Um, I suppose then, then that makes sense. Stephen A. had a phenomenal – it was very long, so I didn't pull the audio. He had a tremendous counterpoint to Mad Dog. And Jeff Saturday was on the set, too. And and Saturday agreed with Mad Dog and then just provided zero substance to his yeah. take. Like, didn't name names. Because he – look, even – Mad Dog's whole thing right there where he's like, no, Stephen A., you're way off, you're way off. You still had to struggle just to get to Stafford. You had to struggle to name five or six guys. Like the the fact of the matter is, C.J. Stroud has put himself in a conversation where he's definitively in the top ten. Like definitively in the top ten. You know, if not top five, that's the whole yeah. thing. Like he wasn't way off. You named two more guys than Stephen A. Smith. Right? Yeah, no, like, I, I, don't, I don't think he was actually countering Stephen A. Smith's argument. Yeah. So. Somebody's saying, uh, pointing out that McAfee is sarcastically saying how dumb the test is. No, no, no. We get that. We understand that. But like, even in saying that, he's describing, he's inaccurately describing what the test is. Yeah. He'll, he's like, yeah, they say it. it's like an intelligence test and it's an IQ test. Like, no, that's not, it's not actually what they say it is. Yep. Like, I, I get that he's criticizing the accuracy of the test, but, um, yeah. All right. Payne and Pendergast it's- with you on a, uh, on a Thursday. Roger Clemens joining us at 7.35. Um, let's go through the head coaching openings that just popped up here in the last 24 hours. Um, which is the most intriguing? Who's going to be knocking on the door of these places? And also we'll hear from Kevin Stefanski, the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, on scouting the Houston Texans as compared to Week 16. That is next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, the big news this morning. Um, the, uh, the third, I would say, a legendary head coach. Certainly uh, one of the most, I mean, Bill Belichick is a legend. Pete Carroll, I think legendary, and probably Nick Saban for sure a legend. Three of the best, most successful coaches in football have stepped down in the last 24 hours. Belichick, the latest one this morning. Only in, only one of those three. You know, you, you say, you, I don't think you have to think about classifying Carroll as one. He won a national championship Kind yeah, of. yeah, and uh, like it's true, still, it's still a national championship, um, and uh, and a Super Bowl. Like it's very, very, very rare and tough to do. Saban sucked in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. Belichick, um, Belichick would have been arrested in college. <laughs> <laughs> and like he would have playing psychotic head games with these poor kids. Oh my god. Um, 
Toughest shoes of those three to fill. Like, of those three, the one you least want to be the next guy. I think it's a pretty easy choice, right? I think Alabama. Yeah, Yeah, given the changing landscape of college football, uh, the SEC West, everything, to step in and do what – I mean, to step in and do what nobody else has ever been able to do um, in a changing environment, that would be – that would be really tough. I'd say, honestly, because you take the coach and you take his recruiting legacy and recruiting base out of it and everything else like that, and it's and it's a completely different job than saving it. I'm just going to – in some ways, it's a harder job now than when Saban took over. Oh, in some for ways. sure. I, yeah, I mean, but you still have the benefit of, you know, many, many families in the state of Alabama who would disown their child for not, you know, playing football at Alabama. Yeah. But – and you have the alumni base and all of that. But in some ways, yeah, I mean, the SEC West has just grown into this monster where no matter how good you are, um, yes, and I understand everybody, the records this year and everything, but it's just still, you're getting, you're getting a, a, a physical beating every, you know, like just about every week, no matter if it's a good team or a bad team, um, and competing against like those schools that have great recruiting resources too. Yeah, I, I, I need to go back and look and see, since NIL became a thing, it was summer of what? Summer of twenty one? Summer of twenty two? I gotta go back and look. Whatever it was, July first, one of those years, maybe twenty twenty two. I I don't totally recall. But uh, since NIL became a thing and it became the wild wild west, I need to go back and find the list of coaches who have just decided to retire. Because there were like in basketball, Coach K, I'm out. Roy Williams, I'm out. Jay Wright, who's not as old as those two guys at Villanova, who's been incredibly successful. Yeah, I'm out. Um, I think there's a big element to Nick Saban. I'm sure he'll do a press conference here at some point um, where he, you know, ex- explains his decision and so forth. Yeah. Um, I, I have to believe a big part of it is just how much between the transfer portal and NIL and probably more the transfer portal than NIL because of the amount of just the amount of horsepower and work that you need to it's, do to keep to keep players and to go yeah. get players in the portal. It's like recruiting. The It's like the... The the energy needed to recruit has tripled in the last two years. It's uh, like, and which ultimately means that you got to you know redistribute where people are on your staff. Not yeah. to mention, I mean, the NIL coordinators right. and the people that are responsible for all that. Like that's a, I mean, I think just keeping administratively, I got to imagine it's a nightmare keeping all the NIL stuff oh. and to try to, and you got to try to help your kids. Your kids are going to partake of it. You got to try to help them keep from getting overwhelmed with it. And um. The, so it was, it was 2021 when it started. 2021. In that okay. first year, it was in its infancy, you know, and everything hadn't been developed before all these collectives started forming yeah. and everything. And now it's just, it's already a cottage industry. Yeah, it's business. Yeah. Yeah. I, man, I would much rather, I've always been wired to, I would prefer a, an NFL job just because it's, it's much, much more just all about the football. Well, you got a couple guys who are character issues on your team where, I mean, when you've got a college team, You've got a team full of kids who just, by their very age, they're all character issues. You know, they've all got, they're all, they're, they're good kids, but they're not full grown men yet. They're a couple more years immature than the rookies you're going to get in a couple years. I'm joking saying they're all character issues, but it's just a different, um, it's a different set of challenges, plus recruiting. Which, which is why I would never put words in D'Amico Ryan's mouth. But there were plenty of Alabama people yesterday who immediately were going to the message board saying, top yeah. candidates, D'Amico Ryans. And hey, look, maybe, maybe Alabama is his dream job. Who the hell knows? I think he'd be insane <laughs> to, to leave this to go to Alabama. Yeah, Stop. I, you know what I discovered yesterday was, I think because we're hypersensitive to it, when we saw the article uh, from Jason LaCanfora claiming that people thought that Casario might be going back to New England, and then... Uh, you know, and then so we so we talk about it, and then Casario delivers a statement, and then somebody wrote about it up in New England. This guy named Ben Volan. I'm like starting to, and I so I see all the responses to that. I get this feeling like, oh, people up in New England must think that it's just a given that that Casario's going to want to go back up there. So I floated it out up there, and I got immediate responses from from people saying like, listen. I got DMs from people like, listen, this, this Ben Volan guy does not represent the sentiment of <laughs> writers or the fans. He like He's widely regarded us. as a muckraker. <laughs> and uh, it's just, yeah. So like it's, so I got a lot of people in New England mad. They were like call, accusing me of uh, making a straw man argument and yeah. everything. And maybe I was inadvertently because I don't, I don't think there's a huge like 
pool of people in Alabama who think that D'Amico would actually leave. No, just right the lunatics. The stage of the, just, uh, yeah, that's true. Just the lunatics. But the, the lunatics that could see no, like, how could you not watch? Right, them? right. And I feel like there's more of those in college than there are in the you know in the NFL as far as fan bases go. So it's yeah. we're going to feel it a little more acutely. I'm sure it'll still get floated around out there. D'Amico, I don't think is going anywhere. Um, here's Kevin Stefanski. D'Amico Ryan's arch nemesis on Saturday, 3.30, Browns and the Texans. Uh, of course, the Browns whooped the Texans in Week 16, 36-22, um, in a game that was 36-7 to at one point, and the only touchdown the Texans scored was a Damian Pierce 100-yard kickoff return. Uh, Kevin Stefanski expects a very different Texans team this time around. Excited about the opportunity we have in front of us uh, going down there to play a very, very good Houston team. We're also excited that we're the uh, first game. We don't have to wait an extra day, so we get to get up and go. But, you know, looking at this game, I know we recently played this team. As you know, they're different. Everybody's different each week, but C.J. Stroud's a great player. I mean, he's a great player, so we did not face him in the first one. You know, there's injuries that guys that are back on defense that they didn't have. They've signed a couple free agents on defense, so really, as as everybody knows, you're a different team week to week, and, and certainly this is a different team we're facing but I know it's a very very talented team they're very well coached I have a ton of respect for D'Amico his entire coaching staff so it's a great challenge uh, but we're really focused on on the work that's going to go into it uh, this week yeah um, I think that look the Browns had a couple injuries too not anything nearly as bad as what the Texans had my biggest concern right now is that yeah CJ Stroud CJ Stroud makes a huge difference he doesn't play defense but he can keep the offense on the field yes. you know he can he can counter touchdowns with touchdowns yeah. you don't have to rely as heavily on Damian Pierce uh, having a kickoff return but the the huge 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 area of opportunity and the advantage the Texans could have in this game is if Will Anderson and John Grenard were healthy going against their fourth and fifth string offensive tackles. The Browns lost their three top offensive tackles. Sound familiar, anybody, um, this year? But, like, Will Anderson and John Grenard both did not practice yesterday. They haven't practiced all week. And you're heading into today is like a normal Friday practice. Uh, so it's like they didn't practice on what would normally be a Thursday practice. And usually Thursday's that day where, okay, if you feel good about a guy, he's going. Uh, it's the end of the year. All the rules kind of go out the window. But that... If those two guys are just being treated as carefully as possible and they can show up and just ball out knowing that this is it and it's win or go home, then the Texans have a really, really good shot at disrupting Joe Flacco, uh, making, making him throw interceptions, which he still does a lot of. But that's, um, that's the big advantage the Texans have in this game. Yeah, I, I feel like the worst-case scenario right now for the pass rush off the edge is that Grenard doesn't play just because he hasn't played the last couple weeks and he hasn't practiced. Will Anderson, I think, is going to play just because he's played the last two weeks. He seemed to be in really good spirits in the locker room after the Colts game. He Um, was. Yeah, I mean, mean, he's in good spirits all the time. I do, too. I I, I, I do, too. But I I think he's going to play. I I mean, I feel confident because this is the same schedule he had last week. I don't think he practiced till the last day of the week last week either. That's right, yeah. So, um, So I'm confident he'll play. And then I think the X factor is Derek Barnett. Derek Barnett has given them uh, some juice off the edge. Yeah. So, like, to me, the worst-case scenario, Seth, again, barring something happening to any of these guys during the game, injury-wise, is we don't get Grenard. We get Will Anderson with, you know, whatever he's been giving you the last couple weeks, and hopefully Derek Barnett continues to give you what he's been giving you. I think the, the big thing with Will Anderson that you shouldn't discount, though, too, is that he hasn't been available on rundowns. And, uh, look, the, the Browns have not been running the ball well. That's not a strength. But it's nice to keep them that way. And it's a lot easier to do with Will Anderson on rundowns. So, same with Jonathan Grenard. Jonathan Grenard, the great thing about Will Anderson and John Grenard together is that you've got two bookend pass rushers, but both of them really, really give a damn against the run. Absolutely. And it's hard to find. Yep. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Roger Clemens, the legend, seven-time Cy Young winner. Let's talk a little baseball with Roger Clemens. Get his thoughts on the Astros. Get his thoughts on... Some of the rule changes, I'm anxious to hear uh, what he has to say about Shohei Otani as well. We'll ask him some Shohei questions. Roger Clemens joins us next. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i'm tony kornheiser this is my show my friends come on and you know them we talk about the sports you care about basketball now golf and the metronome of your life baseball whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Hi, Sean Pendergast. Seth Payne with you. Again, a reminder, Texans... Browns, 3.30 kickoff on Saturday. Seth and I have you for Texans Countdown starting at 12.30. Clint Sterner and I have you for the postgame show following what will hopefully be a victorious Saturday here in the city of Houston. Joining us right now, he is a seven-time Cy Young winner, and um, he's got a little something going Saturday as well that we'll talk about. Uh, Roger Clemens joining us here on Sports Radio 610 right now. Roger, great to talk to you, man. How you doing? Good morning, man. It's uh, great to talk to you. We're going to talk. Uh, we'll talk a little bit. I know you've got the appearance uh, coming up in in Katy out at our friends at Fat Boys. It's five to eight p.m. So that's going to be going on like halftime of the Texans game is about the time that you're going to be start doing your appearance out there. That's going to be rocking out there on Saturday, Roger. That's going to be rocking. I'm going to be in front of a TV. I mean, it's so you know, like I said, I can't. Uh, you know, I don't want to look too far ahead on these awards, but you know, having a head coach, it's, it should be coach of the year and. We got the the rookie of the year out there doing his thing. So, I mean, it's uh, it's it's pretty impressive. And and of course, being being an older guy pitching until I was forty five, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be watching Flacco, see what he does. Yeah, I know he's thrown it around there about three hundred yards lately, last few games. But so it's gonna be fun to watch that too. But you know, like I said, I I, I enjoy listening to you guys uh, as the game draws closer. Uh, you know, this is a football family too. I got I got a I got some cowboy fans in this house. I got some. Uh, you know, I got a Tampa Bay fan. I got a Cheesehead, so they're everywhere. And we got Texans, so when our Texans are there, we're we're pushing hard for them, and so it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to see how they uh, how they guard uh, Nico. Nico's turned into like you know they're going to have to give him attention like a Tyreek Hill. Yeah, so it should yeah. be fun. Big time. That's right. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping like Jim Schwartz is their defensive coordinator, and he's like he's a cocky guy in a good way. And a good, and I just <laughs> I wonder if if they can maybe catch him being a little too cocky with Nico. Um, but that's so the, when you when you watch quarterbacks, I've always wondered about pitchers watching quarterbacks because for you, like you had your you had your particular mindset, um, which was very intense and very unique, and you had your your preparation. When you watch quarterbacks, you kind of like try to figure out what they're going through mentally and how they prepare, like what their mindset is. Yeah, great question, brother, and dead on. You know, and you know, as you know, like I said, I like listening to your your thoughts about guys uh, being inside the game, but. Um, you know the you know the biggest thing that that I think that CJ you know when I watch him, the game is slow. He you know he being a rookie after I don't know maybe even a, a two two games three games maybe everything's slowed down for him. It's it's similar to when a guy changed position in baseball. Say he's behind the plate and you got all these hard throwers and guys that you know they don't locate. They're just they're overthrowing, and the catcher's having a hard time back there. You know uh, 
framing the baseball, he has what we call windshield wiper hands, you know, instead of being able to, to uh, you know, catch the ball and, and really hold it and trust your hands. And you can tell that the game is really at a fast pace for them. Or same thing on the pitcher's mound with some young guys, a couple base hits, triple, you're backing up bases. Everything's happening way too fast. With CJ, I mean, he's, it seems like he's just pretty calm back there. He's very calm. And, and when you look at these guys, it just seems like, especially him, he slowed the game down uh, already. So he's seeing, he's seeing the whole field. He's doing those things, going through progressions, everything he's doing. So it's, it's, it's pretty fun to watch. Yeah, and he's got it on fast forward. Like he's doing things that it takes guys two or three years to do, Roger. Absolutely. I mean, that's what you see with you, – you definitely see with him, and it, and it shows. And, and uh, it uh, – you know, again, he, he's already being, you know, a young player, making people around him better, and they're uh, gravitating towards him, and, and they trust him. You know, my, um, my wife once – my wife and I met this kid who had been a minor leaguer. I can't even remember where it was, but he was um, – he was there when you were down on a rehab assignment – and he just, it, this was before I think I ever even knew you, you know, before you'd come back to the Astros or anything. Um, but he said that, like, he, they were all blown away by you and your workouts, like, on the stationary bike. And just, like, when you're, doing, you're down on a rehab assignment, you could just be kind of, like, you know, acting like you're the man and doing whatever. But he said, like, for him and a lot of the other kids in that organization, it was kind of an eye-opener that, like, oh, wow, like, this is what it takes to, to do that. Is that... Like, is that something you were consciously aware of, like when you were around the younger players, or was that just you being you? Yeah, I mean, I had a I had a great uh, program that I could trust and uh, that would get me, you know, keep me at the next level. That had to adjust once I turned thirty five, forty years old. I had to make an adjustment on that. And uh, but yeah, what is it? Spring training's five weeks away. My youngest one, Cody's with the Phillies. He's actually in Arizona hitting with their hitting coach. So some of these guys have to get ready. We've had about 10 arms come over here to the house and already start throwing indoor certain guys that are trying to make a team they're ramping up with their program they got to ramp up a little bit quicker because they got to be ready for those first three innings or whatever it is some of the veteran guys that have uh you know long-term contracts they're going to work their way in a little bit differently but uh yeah, I've always had a, a great program that I could trust, um, and, and, and I still tell the kids instead they're all worried about velocity, and velocity is the last thing you need. You need uh, movement and you need location. You've got to be able to locate. I'm a power pitcher. I don't throw. I pitch even when I don't have my plus-plus fastball. So there's a, you know, a lot to cover there. I try and encourage the kids to kind of keep it old school. Your, your two- and three-pound cuff weights, your core work, you know, your core work and, and playing long toss will get you where you need to be instead of some of all these other crazy drills that they're doing, uh, which can, you know, I, uh, you know, I think about uh, Dr. James Andrews. We just, myself and Barkley and John Smoltz were just in Birmingham giving Doc a Lifetime Achievement Award mm-hmm. and, and uh, celebrating his retirement. And he said he's done more Tommy Johns than he ever has on, on young kids and has to do with some of these weighted balls and these crazy things that their people are doing. Yeah, is that, do you think the pendulum swings back that way? Like, as people start to realize, okay, wow, like velocity is great, and hey, maybe we play more pitchers and all of that, but after a while, like, okay, longevity is good too, and that there's a, yeah. do, you, do you return a little bit more perhaps to the art of pitching over time? I think that, I think we talked about it one time on the show, uh, maybe a year or two ago, or, or just recently when I came on with you guys about, you know, velocity is the last thing you need, and uh, uh, you know, again, as you move up, I think it's, it holds true in any major sport that, you know, you're the big fish in college and you get the pro ball and uh-oh, everybody runs fast. You know, everybody throws hard. Everybody does a lot of things well. And sometimes it freaks these guys out and that's why you never see a number one pick again. And, uh, but, uh, again, like I said, the velocity is great, but guys in the big leagues can put wood on a bullet. They, they, the harder you throw, and, and when you are trying to elevate and trying to throw harder, you make mistakes in the middle of the plate. And as you guys know, if you can just get some barrel on a ball with that speed, it's going a long way somewhere. Roger Clemens joining us here on Sports Radio 610. Roger, I'm curious, you know, the rules changes this past year. The big one, obviously, that affected pitchers was the pitch clock. How would you have operated in, a, in an environment with the pitch clock this year, do you think? 
Yeah, I'd, I'd have been fine. I, I called about 95% of my game from the mound with, with my looks, uh, when, with my catcher, when the hitter's standing out readjusting his batting gloves or you know getting a sign from the third base coach. We were already putting a pitch into play sometimes, too. In crucial spots, playoffs, guys on second base, and we just wanted to make sure nothing was going on. He would come out, and we would call back-to-back consecutive pitches, similar to like you would do in the NFL in a mm-hmm. two-minute drill. Well, maybe you might call two plays in the huddle. So guys know what's going on and uh, and go from there. That's what we would do on the mound. And no matter what, if it was a ball or strike, I'm going with this. When If it goes to 3-2, count goes 3-2, we're going to this side of the plate with this pitch. And uh, just stick to the game plan there. So the, the pitch clock, if, you know, the minor league guys that came up were already adjusted to it. I, I watched some big league guys struggle with it a little bit. And... Um, uh, uh, early because they became throwers. They, they they started getting their signs. You hear in your ear or whatever, you know, when you get the sign and, you know, fastball away and you just grab the ball and, and chunk it away. So you don't really understand how you're executing or trying to get through. Some of these guys have to start getting a little deeper than the fourth inning. And, uh, you know, a rule change for that would be, for me, would be to, to tie the DH to it. If your starter doesn't get to the seventh inning, when your starter bails, in the third inning, you lose your DH, and uh, <laughs> oh, so that yeah. you know your your manager is going to come, hey, or your pitching coach, hey, we, we you got to give us at least six innings tonight, and uh, you know all bets are off on the seventh. Once you get to the seventh inning, all bets are off. But at least tie it to that to have these guys try and stay in there and, and eat oh. some outs. Roger, I, I've turned into such a grumpy old man when I when I see guys getting the Cy Young with 170 innings and I, oh oh I am shaking my I'm outside shaking my fist it's at true. everything. Seth hates, hey, listen, Seth listen hates to Blake me. Snell. Listen to me, I'm telling you, it's funny too, y'all saying I'm not going to mention any names, but we're doing some work with the, the the Strohs and and I love the guys down there. But one of the guys went five innings and I was in the locker room. He came in and threw his jersey in the laundry basket down in the laundry basket and looked exhausted. He went five innings, which was, you know, a miracle at that time, but in 115 pitches and he was exhausted. I said, what's up? After I saw him throw his jersey down on the, in the laundry basket, he goes, I'm done. I'm done. I'm five innings. Good. I'm winning. I said, yeah, you pitched great. But I said, you went five innings. I said, pick the damn jersey up and hang it back in your locker. There's no way it's dirty. (laughs) 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 And he started to pick the jersey. I said, no, man, I'm just kidding. I wasn't. I wasn't. uh... (laughs) That's that's fantastic. That's a good level of respect, though, man, when when kids are afraid to, like, they're not sure if you're joking or not, so they just take it seriously. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. That's that's pretty bold to tell Roger Clemens, like, yeah, man, I just went five. Five innings. I'm bushed. <laughs> hey, uh, we're talking to Roger Clemens, seven-time Cy Young winner, obviously a legend, uh, joining us here on Sports Radio 610. Um, how long do you think Shohei Otani can keep doing? I know he's not going to do both things this year, Roger, but he's going to, I would assume for $700 million, he's going to start doing both things again. How long do you think he can keep doing both hitting and pitching? Yeah, man, it's going to be tough. I mean, even his second Tommy John, even swinging that bat, you got to be careful. I'll be interested to see where he grips the bat. Some of these guys that that have had elbow issues, uh, they they don't put their uh, pinky on the uh, on, you know the bat flares out, and you got the round knob on a bat. Your, your pinky there. I'll be surprised if he's not up off that uh, or has some kind of tape job on his bat um, because when you swing that knob turns and it pulls at that ligament in your in your elbow so it should it be it's going to be interesting to see how he goes about this because you know it looks like he's going to come back coming back from that is still fairly early and uh but yeah i expect he's a big dude i expect to see him uh you know pitching again and the other thing that you got to pay attention to is um most of the uh japanese players and and uh different players that come over i know when i uh played with Contreras in new york um when you throw a split finger, which is what he has, they hook their middle finger on a seam. My split fingers, um, you know, trying to describe it over the phone here, um, my split finger, I was on the outside of the seams, on the, the slippery part of the baseball, the cowhide, mm-hmm. and that's how my split came. It wasn't a forkball. You don't shove it all the way back. you got a little gap uh, in the back of your hand and in your back of your fingers, and it's a, it's a split. And uh, some of these guys throw a modified forkball where uh, – where, uh, they really push it deep in their hand. They got their middle fingers on the seam, and they turn it loose that way. Now, the hitters I talk to, it comes out more of a knuckleball, but it also has friction, and that tugs at your elbow too. 
and a lot of these guys are throwing it that way, and you're seeing some little some problems with that too. So it'll be interesting to watch to see uh, what adjustments he makes after his second Tommy John coming back. What was, uh, what, what I was just, sorry, I'm sitting here being jealous. So like, I wish I knew something as well as Major League pitchers know about pitching. Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Roger, we're sitting here mesmerized by just you guys the, get over like, here. How? We're going to be cranking it up once we get through this football playoffs. You guys get over here when the big boys are here. We'll get you in the cage. And we'll show you all, all the things. You oh, need. that'd be I've awesome. I've been working on my modified forkball, but I, I realize <laughs> I'll now that service. I'll throw yeah. room service to both of y'all. I'm, I'm a little older, so I'm a little more wild. So. If I catch you in the rib cage, we got plenty of eyes. Oh, awesome! <laughs> Actually, you know, if, just let us know when that happens so people can film it and we'll wind. We'll be TikTok legends after that, Roger. Taking a, a bean ball from Roger Clemens. You got it, Roger. Baby. Uh, Sean needs a little help with something because he, uh, he and I, both of us need help with this. We both understand the purpose of the World Baseball Classic, and and we understand the fun that it can be. And yet, we're tired of seeing Astros get injured immediately before the baseball season are you can you sell us on the world baseball classic if you indeed have any interest in selling us i on can't the world baseball i can't sell you on i played in it uh twice i think um i mean it was a great deal of fun uh uh you know rolling over the netherlands <laughs> <laughs> no uh they, uh, it was, it, yeah it was uh, it was a good deal of fun um uh packed houses um uh, watching japan face korea in Anaheim was just spectacular, you know, standing room only, 60,000. A lot of fun until, just like you said, brother, if somebody gets hurt then uh, on your team, it's not a, you, you, it sucks. So um, you've you got to be ready for it. It'll take, you know, because you've got to ramp it up early. You've got to throw, you're throwing, you're doing oh, yeah. something that you're not accustomed to doing, especially yeah. if you're a veteran working your way into spring training. Yeah, yeah, and especially if you've come off of a long playoff run to boot, yep. right? So you got a shorter off season, and hey, then you no shorten different. it by I mean, another. Yeah, you can correlate it with why they're playing flag football now in the Pro Bowl. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that, I mean, it's it's you know that's what we, that's what everybody's uh, their biggest uh, worry is when your players out there, and especially the arms, when you got to ramp us up early, and now it's different. You can sit over here in the gym and throw, you know, sit at ninety three miles an hour while you're working on your stuff. You get a, you put a major league hitter in there in a real game, and you're throwing it. It's a whole different feeling and whole different taxation on your arm. Roger Clemens joining us on the show. Roger, we'd be remiss not to ask you about the Astros this offseason and heading into next season. Obviously, seven straight ALCSs, but the you know the stakes have changed inside the division with the Rangers now defending World Series champs. How you feeling just generally as we're as you mentioned earlier a few weeks out from spring training? Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to spring training and meeting some of the new guys and. Uh, you know everything that's going on. It's uh, you know like I I said before we we've been spoiled, man. The Astros and Mr. Crane and and his staff is uh, they've spoiled us with great baseball over the years. Uh, now we got our Texans going again. It's a, it's a great time to be in Houston and being a sports fan. What's going on here? So um, it, it'll be here. Like I said, I think it's about five weeks away before the kid reports. The pitchers may be a little sooner than that. That's why they're all starting to you know play long toss and get over here and and get some work in off a of mound. So. I'm looking forward to seeing them, and uh, you know they've they pretty much set the bar pretty high. That you know if you don't get to the playoffs uh, each year, it's a it's, it's a it's a bad year. So um, I look forward to seeing these guys and seeing the new arms and and talking to the catchers. They're your bread and butter. They're their second manager on the field. So. It'll be fun to see these guys. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, Roger, like about the play, like the expectations changing for the Astros. The Texans win last Saturday night. I did the postgame show, and I went out afterwards, and there's people at the bars celebrating making the playoffs at 1 in the morning on a Saturday. I, I, don't, I don't know that that happens with the Astros these days, right? No, huh? No, that's they, the expectation. They, they, they set the bar. Yeah, that's the bar. Um, Roger Clemens is going to be at Fat Boys Pizza in Katy. Of course, you guys hear the Fat Boys spots running. They've been a great partner to Sports Radio 610. This Saturday, 5 to 8 p.m. So if you're looking for a spot to go watch the game, game starts at 3.30. And then in rolls Roger Clemens, seven-time Cy Young winner. And, Roger, you're going to be raffling off autographed jerseys. You're going to be raising a lot of money for the Roger Clemens Foundation, too. It should be a great event out there. Yeah, we, we love the guys out there. And it's, it's actually going to be my first time to this location. So I'm looking forward to seeing George and all the guys out there. And then uh, we're going to have a handful of people with us. And like you said, we're going we're gonna to make it uh, – 
it's going to be a nice little party while we're watching the game. Yeah, it should be great. Are you going to try the uh, the legendary two foot pizza slice challenge while you're there? No, unless I bring Kobayashi or one of them guys with me. <laughs> Joey Chestnut. <laughs> yeah, Joey Chestnut. Yeah, yeah, he set the record. It was Joey. Yeah, that's right. There you go. You know, Sean actually knows all those guys. Like Sean. Uh, that's Sean amazing. is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Sean competed in eating events and is like he's seen those guys operate. They don't stop. They don't stop eating and drinking after the after the yeah. competition. They don't. Well, I, I competed is a strong word. I was a, I was a I was a guest in the kolache well, eating contest. You were like Garth Brooks made, when he did his minor league. Garth Brooks yeah. in Padre camp. Yeah, exactly. I need to know where that's going down because I want to film that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's it, it's nasty. Uh, Roger Clemens. All right, so Fat Boys in Katie. Saturday, this Saturday, 5 to 8 p.m., and the pizza is excellent as well. they got the 30-inch pizzas. They've got a bar there. So if you're looking for a spot to watch the game and meet Roger Clemens and raise a lot of money. what? Hey, Roger, tell the, the audience, the Roger Clemens Foundation, what does it benefit? What, what, who? Yeah, thanks. We, we deal with at-risk children mm-hmm. and, and under, uh, you know, at-risk children, basically. We've gone outside the box a number of times to help some families that, uh, that needed some help. But, uh, yeah, we celebrated our 30th year this past year. It's been fun. Got a great team at my foundation, and we love doing it. It was right here in Houston. We still do, do uh, many, many things with the, the four teams that I played with in those cities. So we have a good time with it. Uh, like I said, I think they're taking going to auction off a jersey, and I'm going to have a bunch of goodies for the fans and the people to come out uh, to. The guys at Fat Boy asked me to come out, so we finally worked this date out, and so I'm looking forward to it. Should be great. 5 to 8 p.m. Saturday. It's out in Katy. And uh, Fat Boys Pizza. Uh, Roger Clemens joining us on the show. Roger, we appreciate the time. We're going to take you up on that offer to come get beaned in the batting cages over at your house. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a standing invite, so come on. (laughs) Okay, let's do it. Hey, Roger, we appreciate you, man. We'll talk soon. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I enjoy listening to y'all. Appreciate you. Thanks, Thanks, Roger. Appreciate that very much. Roger Clemens. Actually, you know what I think? I feel like uh, now I, I almost feel like it's my duty to be uh, to be able to speak with better knowledge about what it's like to get beamed. Yeah. I might have to go take one in the ribs. You man. and I need to go over there. I think so. I think it'd be fun to just yeah, go over there. I my breathing exercises already. It's, I'm going to start doing my Lamaze. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to get a flak jacket, I think. Um, <laughs> I liked, you know, I was jotting some things down as we were talking to uh, Roger. He was great. We're getting a lot of good feedback on the text page. Roger, is he's just fascinating to listen to the little nuances of baseball because um, I think he delivers it in a way that's very understandable. I love – he does a lot of crossover with football. And maybe he was doing that because he knows that that's the big topic going on right now. And we let in with C.J. Stroud and whatnot. Yeah. But I thought the, the really interesting thing was when he was talking about his approach, when we asked him about the, about the pitch clock, and he talked about being in important situations and having multiple pitches in the holster, like calling the next as a way to sort of – probably in yeah. a way to combat sign stealing, if nothing else, like having two pitches called. Um and comparing it to having multiple plays in the huddle during a two-minute drill, yeah, it's oh, really yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's really um, like, and that's where the with the pitch clock. Even as he's talking about that, uh, you can see how being a veteran really benefits you with the pitch clock. It's certainly like, and I can I get and understand where Dusty was coming from in a lot of respects with Maldonado with the advent of the pitch clock when you're trying to deal with you know. Uh, Pitchers don't want; they can't be up there shaking off four pitches. You know they got to be able to trust the guy. Um, you know, my one thing about Roger and his preparation that uh, before I ever knew him and when I was playing with the Texans, it had kind of gotten to me through channels. I was going up to visit a friend over Fourth of July weekend, and I was going to a Yankees Red Sox game. And Roger was uh, Roger wasn't pitching that day, but somebody somebody found out I was going to be there, and they knew that Clemens was a was an Astros fan mm-hmm. and like wanted to set it up where I could meet him before the game. And it got to like, it was like they were out during batting practice. I think he was out shagging flies or something. And I knew about like how serious he was about his preparation and his routine and everything. And this was the day before he was going to be pitching. It wasn't like yeah. obviously the day he was going to be pitching. But it, it, it became pretty clear that Clemens wasn't aware that he was supposed to meet somebody. And I got nervous as hell. I was like, I do not want to be any part of screwing up this Dude. dude's routine. So I was like, I told the person from the Yankees, I was like, no. No, no, I'm, I'm bailing on this. I'm, yeah, <laughs> and I walked back up. I was like down. I, I, I got the hell out of there. I didn't want. I didn't want to mess with Rogers' routine. I don't know where Clemens exactly is in the power rankings of guys you don't want to disrupt their routine. Yeah, but I know he's way, way, way at the high end of those power rankings. And that was the day before. I mean, I wasn't afraid he was going to beat me up or something. But I was like, I just didn't want to mess with it. I didn't right, want to. Right. I didn't want to be. <laughs> He, he goes, goes out, out and gives up eight, the next eight runs the next day. <laughs> Always yeah. remembers me as the guy that screwed up his <laughs> yeah. routine. Yeah, that's funny. That's <laughs> funny. 
Um, that was a great anecdote you had about the player the minor league the, yeah that was yeah you I pulled that Brady. one out i like that we were this was a kid that he was like friends of some of her friends from home but we'd um he just he was a minor leaguer and roger was down on a rehab assignment and he said that roger came in and was there for however long but like he'd he'd have these workouts on the stationary bike that like none of these kids had ever seen an intensity at that level yeah. and and it was for him it was a wake-up call of like oh wow I gotta like. I'm not as naturally gifted as this dude, so I sure as hell better be working. Try to work as hard as him. Um, and and that was probably. I'm I'm guessing. You know, when he was already midway through his career. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Somebody yeah, but, asked if I was a Yankees fan. No, I told you I was visiting a friend up there. Yeah, so yeah, they you're were, allowed yeah. to go to Yankee games and not be a Yankee fan. I, yeah. I wouldn't go advertising it if you're in the stadium that are, you're not a Yankee fan. But it's okay in your heart to not root for the it Yankees. Was, it was Yankees Red Sox on Fourth of July, so it was a Ooh. cool experience. And I was actually surprised there were a lot of Boston fans there not getting beat up. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, maybe yeah. a little mutual respect. Who knows? Um, it doesn't sound like Roger thinks Shohei's going to be able to do this hitting and pitching thing all that long. That's that was what I gathered, or it's going to be a it's real not, struggle. Well, you know what I thought? I didn't. I never really thought about this. There just isn't as much experience with batters who have had Tommy John surgery because yeah. obviously it's a it's a pitching pitchers get it way more frequently so it's a bit of a different approach in having to you have to adjust your batting style perhaps he's both. too he's both. in terms of yeah and pitching yeah, yeah that's interesting yeah, yeah yeah and and what else did we learn Seth Roger Clemens is team P&P when it comes to the World Baseball Classic. Oh, that's right. I know. <laughs> I was afraid. I didn't know if, like, uh, I almost didn't want to ask him just in case. I don't know. Like, uh, he probably, I, you know what? I respect him for having that take because I'm guessing he could probably have some pretty cushy appearances and everything with, uh, with in especially, some of these World Baseball Classic. Especially classes. we get it here in Houston. They're trying to yeah, get the World yeah. Baseball Classic <laughs> here in Houston. Uh, so It is. Well, it's an awesome event. Yeah. That it's a great I just event. Like, yeah. There's lots of awesome things out there that I'd love to go to, but it's not the right thing right this moment. There's a lot of Particularly awesome. Particularly when you're married. There's a lot of awesome <laughs> events that I think are great that I don't necessarily want athletes that I root for participating in. That's all. Yeah. That's yeah. all. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.